Okay. Welcome to our Wednesday live event, Innovation and Audio. My name is Lloyd Ford. I am a branding advisor and consultant with Rainmaker Pathway Consulting Works, LLC. I work hard helping clients who are everyone from broadcast companies, individual stations, personalities, and podcasters, along with others. If you own a radio station, call about how our music lasts prevents what I call music ratings, or you can talk to us about how our morning show fame development coaching puts the accent and action in the right places to build opportunity for robust ratings growth. Ask about encouragement too. It's one of our services. If you know somebody looking for fresh answers, we'd love to help. And they can reach out anytime, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. This live event is part of a podcast series called the Encouragers Innovation and Audio Podcast and will become available within about an hour of the end of this live event wherever you get your podcast. Our thanks to Joe Kelly for producing our podcast events and just Joe productions.com for creating audio footprint and distributing them. They do an amazing job. Today's guest for Wednesday, August 18th, Gary Krantz is founder and CEO of Krantz uh, Media Group, New York, New York. And wait until you hear his story and, and everything that he's been into. If you don't know him yet, you definitely should know him, and you'll get an opportunity to do that today. Also with us, Chad Callahan, who is the brand content producer for Checkpoint XP and Beasley Media Group. <clears throat> I confessed I had no idea that Beasley Media Group was into this sector, and it's going to be really exciting to probe that with Chad. Before we get started with our current guest, I always like to give a quick preview to what's coming next week on Innovation and Audio, Wednesday, August 25th. David Deutsch is the president and general manager of Midwest Family Radio in Southwest Michigan and Indiana. He'll be here. And along with him, and I'm going to have to slow down for this one, Ahmed Ahmed Bouzid. I'm going to have to practice his name. I swear I am. He's the CEO of Witlingo. He's an ex-Amazonian. I guess that's how you say that with Alexa. So see our full upcoming guest schedule in our free blog section at RainmakerPathway.com. We also have a lot more for you there. You'll find free encouragement for on-air and promotions with our more than live and local guest series. And for local radio sellers, you get more encouragement with our encouraging sales success series, as well as free resources for anyone in radio or audio today. We also don't lock out anything. We don't lock anything on our website the way some other consultants do. So go to RainmakerPathway.com anytime, 24-7, and see what you can get for free from our team. Let's talk to today's guest right now. Our first guest is the brand content producer for Checkpoint XP and Beasley Media Group, Chad Callahan. Now, Chad, uh, welcome to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm ex exceptionally excited to have you here because when I started doing research in you, I'm like, oh, oh, wait, look at this. Look at that. So, um, look, I, I have to tell you, I think you're about to take us all to school on innovation and audio. But first, let's get a little background, right? So you have a background and connection to radio. How did that happen for you? Radio. Yeah. Um, actually, I, it kind of, I fell into it, really, honestly. I was going to school for film and media, and I was, you know, just kind of finding my path, and uh, there just happened to be a an internship, and I just worked my way up and started doing digital media at Cumulus, um, Cumulus Media for, gosh, five years, and uh, then beyond that, I started trying to look around beyond radio and seeing something in, into the esports world and gaming and uh started doing things with the renegades and which is an esports organization in uh detroit actually and then after that um i found out that 
they were working with Beasley Media Group, which I was shocked to hear that radio was doing something with esports and video games. So I obviously started talking to them, and they brought me on board, and that's my uh, my my career path in a nutshell, really. Yeah, 30 seconds of the elevator pitch of how you got involved with radio. And I was especially kind of fascinated with your five and a half years or so with Cumulus. That You know, that doesn't really do it justice. I saw you climb up and do a lot of things with Rich Video, a lot of things with social media. It was really interesting to watch that dynamic. And if you're like me, at some points in your career, you're like, man, I am never going to use this particular set of skills. or the, why, why did I go do this? And then... You know, you explained how you ended up going through that career path and coming back to Beasley. What has drawn you to radio? What is it about radio with you? Um, honestly, I think there's like there's a family dynamic to radio that the other other media doesn't quite have, and and social media has to a degree, but it, it's a little bit you know further out. But there's like this local family dynamic that I think radio kind of has that I've always been drawn to, and I kind of missed actually when I stepped away. Um, but there is not to say that social media and video games don't have that, but it's it's that local element that if I talk about the Fisher Building, people know what I'm talking about. Versus if I'm on a game and I talk about the Fisher Building, they're like, "What's that? You know, is that anything like the Sears Tower? Like, what are we talking about here?" Um, so I always came back because of the just kind of that local family feel. I love the idea that you picked up right away that radio is local, local is radio. This is really fascinating, though, what you do. So I, I really want to slow down here and just ask you, can you break down esports for us and for people who don't know what that is or kind of think they know what it is? Sure. I mean, it's it's pretty simple. Um, you you know what sports is. It's uh, it's essentially just like playing games. And that's what this is, except it's typically on a computer screen or on, uh, through a video game. So there are professional video game players who uh, are run through organize, uh, organizations. And they are yeah professional video game players, much like professional sports players. Um, in a nutshell, there's, there's tons of different games that they can play, which makes it very uh make it very difficult to follow each one because they it's easy to follow sports because it's you follow the ball you know where it's going you know even if i didn't understand football i can understand follow the ball follow the puck follow what's going on oh they made a goal sometimes it's a little harder in in esports because there's like more of a point system that's you know based on different things you do like if it's a shooting game you know you know different kills versus uh, yeah, diff- like making uh, making goals or something like that there are different levels but in essence esports is just professional video game playing and and so look and how many games are they and they're all played online what what happens so Yes and no. During COVID, everything actually did move to online because you still want to have people in one localized area because internet connections, you know, especially because esports isn't just uh, a U.S. thing. This is something that you know is huge in China. It's huge in Korea. It's huge in India. It's huge here. So this isn't just something that's going to be, you know, just in uh, like uh, across like we're no one's going to play. Um, well, you can. We had to across the pond. But essentially, you want to get everyone together to get the best Internet connection possible. So that way there's a fair advantage for all the players. However, there has been some things with COVID recently. So they have made it more online and more viable. And there's been a lot of advancements within the gaming sector to make uh, online gaming even more stable and better and fair for these games in particular. And you asked how many games are there? Technically, there could be unlimited, but um, there are probably about 10 really big professional ones that are, you know, currently running right now that have like lots of money behind it and lots of audience uh, participation and viewership. So um, the biggest ones right now are Call of Duty. There's uh, League of Legends. Um, Rocket League, which I like to call car soccer, which is kind of, I call it my gateway eSport because it's easy to figure out if it's just like, yeah, you hit a ball into a, a goal with a car, essentially. So that one's, if you're interested, check that one out. And then there's yeah, tons. This is really, yeah, it's really fascinating. You got 
all of these games and they kind of come off like a league to me because you have a lot of passionate players, right? Yeah, they're, and they pre- pretty much are all leagues, each each individual one. So, like, when people say esports, it's much like saying sports. You're, you're, it's all of them uh, encompassed into kind of one, you know, overall game, I guess. All right, so l- let's have the Beasley Media Group chat for a minute. How does sure. Beasley Media Group marry radio and esports and checkpoint XP. How how does all that come together, and 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 how big is that? Oh, it's huge. Uh, Beasley Media Group bought out Checkpoint about, about a year and a half ago, and we've been uh, working ever since to kind of like just go beyond what is the normal uh, thing with like uh, just be, what sports uh, centers kind of do. Like we wanted to do kind of what that was, except branch out even more because as much as esports is big video games is bigger overall so we don't just talk about esports we talk about video games and, and uh oh go ahead and is there like an espn type sports center that kind of stuff going on you could find that but we've found that the more entertaining stories are usually human stories so we oh, might yeah. talk this this you know scores and stats of a game but honestly the more interesting stories is like you know the feeling of being uh, you know a three and oh game and they they somehow they made it back at the very end to like oh you know win the game win the championship or something like that that's the kind of stories that we try to go for so yeah there is like in esports there are like espn style type coverage but what we try to do is more of like an overall pop culture how does it affect the player what does it mean to you as a viewer as someone who's just joining this at the same time so we kind of cover the gambit of it you're really into the emotion of the connection to esports right exactly especially because someone who might not know what esports is if i start uh, spewing out like titles like phase clan and hundred thieves no one's gonna know what I'm talking about. So I, it's kind of it's kind of like a uh, we need to get you in, get you interested, and then we can start talking maybe more scores, stats, games, and build that audience. And that's kind of what we've been doing for the past year and a half is really educating audiences who are you know, new to the space into what it is and why it's so interested and why their kids are interested in it. To be honest. All right, so I'm not going to ask your age. It's clear that you're younger than some of us. Let's call us older folks. Um, I think a lot of kids dream when they're younger of working in games, video games, and social media, right? And some are doing it, okay? How did you make the leap, and how different is it than we think? Honestly, it's it's one of those things that's never been easier than ever, and it's also never been harder than ever. It's one of those things that, um, as social media and Twitch specifically, which for those who don't know what Twitch is, it's a it's a live. Uh, oh, I hesitate to say gaming platform because they're more than that, but it's predominantly video game streaming, um, where people kind of watch other people play video games essentially, and, and but even YouTube where there's like all these gaming channels where people watch you know, tips and tricks on how to, you know, get better at the games that they like or how to do this specific Fortnite skin dance or whatever. It doesn't, whatever the thing it is, you could find it on YouTube. But it's it's never been easier because any person who is, you know, has personality, who is good at a game or anything could be discovered. However, there's also a million other kids and, and people out there trying to do the exact same thing. However, I will say you will find that most of them do better than others, and those are the ones that tend to succeed. So someone who has a more, I don't want to say put together, but like uh, something, someone who has personality tends to go farther, even if their footage isn't that good or their quality isn't that good. So it's really up to if that kid or person has personality, it's really, that's really all it takes to make it in this on social media and video games, that and perseverance, because you're not going to start getting viewers just because you have a bunch of personality and you start streaming immediately. You have to keep doing it. You know, got to promote yourself. You got to learn how to promote yourself. You have to have the motivation to go beyond that. So it, 
it's a little bit of luck. It's a little bit of motivation. But if you do it, I mean, I, I could see almost any any kid uh, who has the personality and the drive to do it could be the next ninja who I'm sure everybody knows who ninja is at this point. <laughs> so, Chad, you know, it's really interesting to hear you talk like this because I do a lot of coaching of radio personalities and the best radio personalities. Uh, uh, they really have an innate understanding of what their personality is, what their story is, how to sell it. OK, and and they learn social media and your background, you know, I I'm just going to unload this right quick. You look to me like you really sharpened your saw on social media and are pretty sharp. Would you say that's true? I, I would say that. I mean, I went to school for media in general and fell in love with content creation, like web content creation. Yes. And, uh, I learned from the best because I believe you had her on before, but uh, Lori Lewis, who is uh. – uh, She's, I call her my mentor and we talk all the time and, uh, you know, we talk, we always exchange theories on social media because, you know, algorithms are secret and whatnot. But yeah, I've, I've, you know, cut my teeth on lots of social media right now. Actually, I'm, I'm trying to get my teeth into short form content. Actually. Absolutely. And what TikTok, the success of YouTube shorts and even Instagram reels right now, like it's starting to make sense that short form TikTok is it's weird to think because we're so used to these 30 minute long TV shows or two hour oh, yeah. long movies or even YouTube videos that are like 15, 20 minutes long or leave radio shows. Um, so it's fun. It's funny to think that, you know, we're trying to condense everything. But at the same time, there's there's an advantage to that. There's more discoverability because instead of having people watch a 30 minute video, I only have to have them watch 60 seconds, three minutes, whatever it is. And I have, I can get them to consume more of my content. My face is more available or my voice is more available. It's actually what we're doing with checkpoint. We are kind of starting to brand into the short form content for radio. And yes. that's, that we're really excited that we're we're pushing out uh, relatively soon, actually. I think it's really hard for people to understand, and you've you've kind of put things in a nutshell for us a little bit tonight. You know, you said it's easier than it's ever been, and it's harder than it's ever been. And to me, that sounds like the 21st century in a nutshell, right there. <laughs> and 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 then you talk about you know this shorter content, shorter content, shorter content. You know, I've long made the argument that since the advent of music television, MTV, that attention spans in the United States have just gone to absolute crap, you know, <laughs> and, and it's so much worse now because it just builds on generation after generation until, you know, people just don't give you the time of day they want right now. What do you have for me right now? Why do you have such passion for content creation? And can you tell us about the forms that it takes for you? I know you talked about TikTok a little bit. And you're, look, you're curious like I am. I think that is a huge factor for hiring somebody. You get somebody who's curious, boom, I want to know more about them. Uh, tell us about you and, and this passion for content creation and, and what what forms it takes for you now. Sure. I mean, uh, this the passion comes from just like unlocking things. I've, I've learned a lot from TikTok recently, specifically. Um, it's my favorite uh, social media. It's my favorite product at the moment, like just, just to view. I'll scroll for hours. I call it an endless scroll. And I'm sure some people listening have also fallen into that trap. But I also feel like people look at TikTok as the young, young, younger generation, which is completely incorrect. Um, uh, I've seen radio stations do very well uh, with it. And yes, some of them are younger. They still, they skew to that, you know, maybe uh, early millennial Gen Z area, but still like there are levels of beyond that. I there's, for example, in the gaming space, there is a woman called the the gaming grandma, and she's clearly in her sixties, maybe you know, I would say late sixties. <laughs> and all she does is play Call of Duty, and with you know a bunch of I think I'm guessing her grandkids, and she's really good, and she 
hit it huge on TikTok and then started streaming on Twitch. And now she's, you know, she, I am guessing retired and just making money on the side, doing some Twitch stuff and just promoting it via TikTok. So these are like the kind of forms that I see is just like the more short form content you create, the more opportunity that you can get to promote your brands, promote your personality, promote anything that you're doing, honestly. And I we honestly took that theory and, and I mentioned earlier with Checkpoint where we're starting to do that in radio as well. Like we, we wanted to go beyond mm-hmm. social media beyond TikTok. So now we're taking our, you know, 30 second to 60 second content and we're syndicating it to uh, a bunch of different uh, stations around the country. So that way, instead of it being a two hour show that I know a PD would have a hard time selling video games, you know, I hear that conversation a lot, but it's easier to say, oh, well, here's 60 seconds. And I guarantee people will start gravitating to it because video games isn't, just like something that everyone's a gamer i'm gonna start with that everyone's a gamer do you play games on your phone i'm gonna ask you lloyd no i know oh well okay Uh, i'm the wrong guy to ask that question okay well if anyone listening (laughs) is playing games on their phone uh you're a gamer uh mobile gaming is taking off so it's it's Uh, by the way by the way I, i totally totally get your point okay just because i'm not a gamer doesn't mean that that thing is not does not have huge tribes that is absolutely true yeah and it's just something that uh we have to consider a lot of the times where it's like we like to make that pop culture connection with video games and remind people that like you're a gamer or your kids are a gamer or grandkids, whoever it is, um, and that it, it's out there. It's mainstream now. It's it's beyond being that nerdy, geeky kid in high school who played Dungeons and Dragons. It's it's literally everyone, you know, the newer generations are gamers. And even beyond that, like I said, that g- gaming grandma <laughs> is a gamer. So, um, yeah. It's, yeah, that, that's actually the most frightening thing you said is there's a grandma who's really lethal and good at Call of Duty. I'm like, <laughs> I'm saying maybe you should watch that for sure. I see how she gets a lot of views because we want to see where she goes off the rails. Uh, it, it, will super short content be the real future? I think it will be to an extent. I don't think we're going to see it like uh, ever like fall off. I think there's always going to be a place for both long form and short form content. But I think TikTok figured it out quickest with the scroll action. And I think we can actually, uh, funny enough, we can attribute that to Tinder a little bit with the swipe. Nice. Right. Honestly, there's always that joke of like, keep scrolling, keep scrolling, keep scrolling until you, you know you find your perfect match. And that's the same thing with TikTok. You find your perfect match via uh, like videos. That's interesting. It is a model that you know is working. Your company, Beasley Media Group, is truly thinking about how do we attract younger consumers? How how powerful is esports for that? I, I know the grandma, I got it. But I mean, <laughs> let's talk about it in real numbers. How powerful is esports for this? It looks like a really interesting play. Sure. I guess the easiest thing, the easiest statistic I can give you, and I don't remember the off numbers. I wish I was, had it right in front of me. But there was a graph recently that went out where it was showing the viewership of all the most popular sports, NFL, NHL, you know, MLB, and so on. And then esports was just kind of tied all together uh, in, in one group. The only one that had a returning viewer base that was in the millions were the NFL, and then just below it were esports. Everything else had a declining viewer base that was, you know, in the half a million million area, where every where esports and uh, NFL were still growing. So and that that's, and that's pretty interesting since the NFL has been around since when? Oh my God! And exactly. and and esports has been around how long? Um, you can I would say about ten years has been as far as like it's been around. The newer games, I want to say the popularity, probably in the last five years, it really started getting steam in like, you know, media and, and like 
started people putting some really huge numbers and in the millions to organizations to create to have players um there's recently been a league of legends player that reportedly you know this guy always got to say reportedly you know got two million dollars or to to play for a a team so and that's just a contract for a year i believe so Mm -hmm. these are big numbers here that you're you're uh, close to those nfl numbers i mean maybe not that close but still pretty close (laughs) Well, I mean, look, you've got a sector that's taken off like a rocket and you can see those things. So now I'm going to test your street cred. Just I I hate to keep going back to grandma. We know that she's real good at Call of Duty. How good are you at playing video games? See, I'm I'm, I wouldn't say I'm good at Call of Duty. I'm actually more of uh, I hate saying I'm a casual gamer, but I'm a casual gamer. But at the same time, we talk about so many games that. I can't just focus on one. So I've, I'm more of like the jack of all trades of gaming, less a master of one. So I would say I'm good at gaming, not a master of any specific one, though. This whole thing is an area of passion for you, though, right? I mean, I feel your passion. Oh, yeah, 100%. I think I think if you would tell any kid when, when they're growing up, say, like, you're going to have a career in video games – and then they grow up and do it, there's going to be a passion there. Like I grew up playing video games. I didn't expect, I kind of didn't expect to go the route I did, but in some ways I'm, I'm very happy I did. It was a long path to get here and it was a roundabout way. But in the end, I found a true uh, passion that I, I never would have expected because I thought I wanted to be in film and television and all this thing, the glamour of it all. And then I realized, that's not really the future, you know. Film and television are going to be there, but it's there's there's other avenues that I didn't consider, you know, ten years ago when I was like thinking of what what I wanted to do with my life, um, and then then video games came along and streaming and YouTube, and then there was this whole new world of content and creation that I just got excited about. Well, look, uh, I I say this all the time. We live in the innovation century. It's exactly what you're talking about. The old world, you know, what is it they say? Uh, Future results may not look like the past. Okay, so future entertainment may not and probably will not look like the past. And so this is all very interesting to have on innovation and audio, especially that we have a large entity attached to Beasley Media Group, uh, one of our radio companies. Very interesting. Do you have mentors in this business? I'm I'm leaving that open-ended. You can interpret that any way you want. Or uh, are you part of mentoring people in this business or both? Um, I would say a little bit of both. It's hard to say that there's any mentors because there's as much as esports is exciting and new, it has a long way to grow. There's a lot of things that needs to be figured out. These are still like a lot of players are, you know, 17. They don't know what they're saying. They go on Twitter and TikTok and say things and it jeopardizes their careers. So there's these things that I think esports can grow on and learn from probably traditional sports a little bit. So I do want to say there are probably there are some mentors who have made some mistakes and probably can, you know, tell the younger generation, don't do this, don't do that, do this and stuff like that. But it's still, you know, roughly 10 years old. So the oldest one is probably in their thirties right now. And is like, I don't know, I'm still figuring it out too. So, um, Well, you can get hurt in social media, right? I mean, you can hurt your images. You can, there's lots of things that can happen. Exactly. And that's primarily where esports and video games live is through social media and discord and all these other uh, like TikTok too. Like, so yeah, you can really hurt your image and especially, especially with video gamers, because I'll be honest, they're, they're, they're trolly. They're always looking for you to make a mistake so they can comment on it, make fun of you. You know, the anonymity of it all always comes back to bite you when you put yourself out there, especially as a gamer, but you develop a thick skin and hopefully, you know, we don't have, we'll, we'll also have mentors for those kids in the future too, to hopefully clean up social media a bit as well. So that, that is absolutely going to come. Certainly you work in a very innovative sector. 
Okay, no kidding. We, we, we can all look at it and see that. What is that really like? The work you're doing in innovation or the speed at which your world moves, is that challenging to describe to the rest of us? I wouldn't say it's challenging. I, the way I think of it is it's it's like imagine being at a news station and like there's just constant news coming in. It's it's very similar to that. There's always something new. There's always something to pay attention to. There's always a new game to try, get your hands on. So if if you really think about it like like that, it's it's pretty simple to understand. So I don't think there's anything uh, too complicated. I mean, in the at the end of the game, video games are meant to be fun. Let's be honest. Like they're meant to be fun. So. Uh, I always try to, you know, reel back and remember this is supposed to be a fun setting that we're just having a good time and I'm just reporting on it. You know, I'm just going to say you sound like a really good NFL coach, too, uh, in the locker room going, look, you know what? This is just a fun game. Let's get back to playing the fun game. And we all know that that's billions of dollars on the line. What? Do you, this is my final question for you. Uh, we, we will let some folks ask some questions at the end if they want to do that. But my final question for you now is, what do you love best about what you do? And can you picture or, or paint a picture of the future of esports for us? Sure. All right. So I guess my favorite thing about what I do, what I love about what I do is just constantly having a pulse on what's coming next. I think that it's always a challenge and I always feel like, you know, you get that imposter syndrome because you you don't know what to expect. This new game comes out and you're like, is this the next eSport? Like, is this going to make it or break it? So you kind of have to, you know, talk your way through it because that's a lot of what we do is we do theory crafting on our, on our podcast, Checkpoint Daily. And we do a lot of theory crafting about like what's going to happen with esports and in video games and we you know talk about you know some major conversations going on with uh, like legal battles and, and harassment as well so we, we touch it all but um i guess that's part of my favorite thing about it is like nothing's you know we, we talk about it all and we're we're not afraid to to hold back when it comes to what we're you know what we know um what was the second half? Sorry. <laughs> Man, are you kidding? I'm just going to write down uh, that you guys are about emotion and I'm going to add drama, right? Would that be <laughs> correct? You're about some drama. Yeah. We, oh, everything's drama. Like, you know, it's, it's no different than sports. Like I said before, you know, how many times were there drama in, in sports? Like, for example, the, the whole OJ Simpson thing, like stuff. I mean, there hasn't been something like that. Oh. In, in that. But at the same time, there was drama. He was a sports you know, person and drama followed. So it's a lot. No like, doubt. Yeah. All right. So the second half of my question really was about uh, painting a picture of the future of esports for us. It's it's getting bigger. It's exploding. What's the future? I think the future. We already started seeing gambling in esports going into effect. So I think honestly, that's going to start picking up the pace with how popular esports is. I think more people are going to get invested through that um, because who doesn't love it to have a little fun and put some money down on a game or something like that so that's going to really pick up the speed of how popular esports is getting we've already seen i believe overwatch was on nbc a couple years ago so i think we're going to start seeing it more on you know uh, national television and then it's really going to maybe take, maybe not take up a slot, but maybe you'll start seeing like Wednesday, Wednesday night Valorant competitions or something like that. So, or, you oh, know, I can see that coming. Yeah. Thursday Rocket League and, you know, just sit around like some, some games are a little bit more aggressive. So I can see why some people might not get it, but games like Rocket League are you know very family friendly so you can get around with your family and just like root for you know root for the team to to, to make the goal so i think that's where it's going to mm. head there's always going to be the niches but i think that's going uh it's going to it's going to be huge in in no time chad i want to thank you for joining us on innovation and audio i do hope that you'll stick around in case our 
our, our other folks have some questions for you after our second interview. If you haven't subscribed to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, you are really missing out on great content every single week. We already have a growing archives of shows in case you've missed those. You won't believe what you will hear that can improve the value of your own career. While you are listening to this live event, make certain that you have joined the Encouragers here on the Clubhouse app and share what we are doing with friends in radio, in audio, people who love innovation. Uh, follow the people on the stage tonight. Look around the room for others that you can connect with. A big part of encouraging you and your audio career is helping you engage networking. Find out what our guests talk about every single week, including hacks to make your career better and certainly more innovative by subscribing to the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast. We have great guests and insights every single week that can help you grow, learn, and meet challenges of your career in the 21st century. Meet our guests live on the Clubhouse app or subscribe to the podcast so you do not miss a thing. We actually have two podcasts. Can you believe that? The Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast and the Encouragers The Radio Rally podcast are both on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. One final note before we get to our next guest. We have a special live event coming October the 1st. If you're serious about programming, developing audience for your radio station, or developing audience anywhere with the use of music, or you just want to be the best music director in your market, this is a must-attend live event for you. Make time for this one event with Guy Zapolian on October 1st. So this is going to happen on the Clubhouse app with the Encouragers. And it is a Friday night live event with Guy Zapolian, Friday, October 1st at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, music research and rotations. This is music, music discovery, research and rotations then and now with Guy Zapolian. Now I get to kind of kick back myself and listen to my friend Skip Dillard from WBLS and Hot 97 in New York City. Uh, by the way, the entire idea of innovation and audio came from Skip. Skip, how are you? I'm good tonight, Lloyd. Enjoyed uh, your conversation with Chad and look forward to uh, hearing a little bit more if anyone has any questions at the end for him. But, uh, you know, just some uh, good discussion there. And uh, right now, without further ado, I want to introduce a uh, colleague I have followed uh, both directly and indirectly, and indirectly throughout uh, his uh, stellar career, which continues to grow by leaps and bounds. And Gary, how are you tonight, man? Skip, it's so great to, to talk to you. Definitely. And, you know, I, I was looking, I was doing some prep work, and I was sitting here like, I don't even know where to start. So you're the founder and CEO of Krantz Media Group. You're a senior advisor to Okins, to Silva, and Phillips. That's an investment bank focused on the uh, digital side of our industry. And you have KMG Networks. You uh, work with everyone from podcasting to programming content, syndication services, uh, do you ever get any sleep, by the way? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, before we talk about me, I mean, you could just turn my mic off. I could listen to Chad for another half hour for hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unbelievable. And, you know, just just to put it in perspective from a business point of view, um, you know, eSports is, is by the end of this year going to be a $1.8 billion business. And put that in perspective – to our world and um, the you know the, those of us who grew up in traditional media, that's that's about a half a million, uh, half a billion more than uh, than network radio is, and uh, it's twice as much as what podcasting revenue is right now. So this is a huge sector. I'm really impressed with you, Chad, um, and I'm, I'm honored to be be with you here um when do i sleep i mean listen I, last time i checked you and lloyd are, are quite busy too doing these uh these clubhouses you guys are real busy so you know i i guess you know uh i, I don't know what it is i've always uh, preferred being um overwhelmed and <laughs> un, uh, underemployed yeah um you know and and you know, uh, I have uh, uh, so many interests and the company has so many interests and opportunities. We work to, you know, strategically align these projects uh, and the clients so they complement each other. So you're not 
really, you know, jumping from one, you know, one one to the other completely. But, you know, the day can really, you know, it could it, it could start in, you know, in Memphis, Tennessee and end up in Silicon Valley, <laughs> you know, and and, you know, it, you know, it can be mind numbing sometimes, but I wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah, I, I believe that. And Gary, I got to know you best from your time at Westwood One. Tell me a little about it, yeah, a bit about your experience in, in syndication, growing talent, client relationships during your time there. You know, um, in the first 15 years uh, that I was in this business, I, I was almost like a traveling salesman. I I, <laughs> I, I helped start a company called MJI Broadcasting, which is mm-hmm. a syndication company that started around the same time as Westwood One and Premier and United Stations and, and all that. But my job was the affiliate guy, so I was uh, traveling – you know, probably 150 days a year going to see people like yourself, Skip, program mm-hmm. directors to, um, you know, uh, evangelize uh, our programming. And, you know, uh, you know, that that, you know, investment comes back to me every day because, uh, you know, uh, those same people like yourself are now in uh, you know important positions at you know in every sector of the entertainment business, and uh, you know that's helped, and and you know in terms of of uh, you know uh, you know the talent and the client relationships, um, you know uh, I was very fortunate, um, uh, you know after MJI to you know to work with you know with all different kinds of talent uh from casey Kasem to rush limbaugh to you know uh rachel maddow to barney the dinosaur <laughs> you know uh for that matter and um you know it, it's like a friend of mine uh you know danny goldberg um uh, wrote a book called bumping at the geniuses which is uh <laughs> There's a line that Ahmed Erdogan, someone asked him, what, you know, what's his success? He goes, you bump into a genius and you hold on to it. Yeah. And that's the way I feel about talent, you know. Um, so, uh, you know, that that's worked well for me. Yeah, no, definitely. And Gary, when we talk about innovation, uh, you know, we're, we're continuing to see it play out in syndication. Of course, earlier this year, the passing of Rush Limbaugh. Uh, we saw recent syndication shifts a couple of years back with Tom Joyner's retirement after a long run since 1993. And we have talent that are aging out of the 1849, 2554, uh, you know, formats. Uh, what's the state of syndication for radio and audio overall? And, and where's the next wave of syndication talent coming from, in your opinion? Well, you know, all you would have to do is, you know, I think, you know, I think that comes from from a number of different places. But, you know, just listening to Chad, he said it right there. I mean, you know, the talents, you know, coming, you know, if you, you know, in order for radio, when I say radio, terrestrial radio to be relevant, you know, um, we, we've got to get the hell out of the way. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and, and it's 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 um, it's people like Chad and it's it's the it's the um, influencers uh, that you're seeing, you know, on TikTok or YouTube uh, or Instagram, you know, with these huge audiences yeah. uh, and the ability to entertain in a way that we've you know, that 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 we're just learning about. Um, but, you know. Uh, you know, the beautiful thing is, is that, and you know this from programming great radio so many years, Skip, you know, it could come from any place. You can yeah. go, uh, you know, you could go, you know, go get a hamburger and somebody serves <laughs> it to you. And, you know, that person ends up being, you know, uh, you know, somebody who can go on the radio. But I mean, in the end, you know, there's, I, I've always had a very simple um you know, uh, formula for syndication. It's something that a media outlet, whether it's a radio station, which we're talking about here, doesn't have the time, resources, or money to do themselves. Um, And, and, you know, listen, uh, in the state of the industry where it is now, um, you know, one could argue that it's never been a better time for you know, innovative, uh, nimble, independent companies to take the risks 
and build the talent and, um, you know, help these radio groups do what they have to do. Sure. And, you know, I want to talk a, a, a bit about podcasting. Uh, you know, we've kind of, you know, we've had so much uh feedback on earnings calls with all the big corporations and oh we're you know going to the top here in podcasting we have this podcast plan we have this podcast strategy and and you know when is the money coming and 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 who's making it outside of joe rogan you know (laughs) (laughs) well you know i know a couple of production companies that are making a lot of money now producing these things because you know uh you know Companies, uh, you know, like Audible, uh, you know, are spending $150,000, $200,000 a year to produce podcasts, which, you know, you could relate to this, Skip. You know, we never had that kind of money to create audio content. Oh, no. Um, You know, but, you know, uh, you know, I think that's a good thing. Um, You know, listen, you know, right now there's 2.5 million podcasts out there uh, there's a very small percentage uh of that that are that are generating you know what you know advertising revenue sure. based on their audience and you know just look at the top 20 25 on apple podcasts and and and, and those who they are that's mm-hmm. who they are the rest of them are simply not and and searching for you know revenue models whether it be subscriptions um, you know, whether it be, uh, you know, using the podcast to market and promote a much bigger uh, business. Um, uh, but, you know, the fact of, uh, of the matter is that we have to be there. You're, the reason why you're listening, you're hearing it on all the on the earnings calls is because, let's face it, you know, we were um, late to the game. The radio business was late to the game. Mm-hmm. It's classic, you know, why didn't, you know, uh, you know, why didn't, you know, uh, train manufacturers invent, invent airplanes, you know? Uh, <laughs> it, it's all the transportation business. And I, I yeah. can remember, you know, uh, I, I'll clean up the story a little bit, but there was a... Uh, you know, there was a, a, um, a, 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 a scenario at a radio convention I was at a couple of years ago in New York, and I was literally in the urinal during a break, and the president of a major radio group was next to me, oh. and um, and Serial just came out, the podcast, and uh, this gentleman looked at me and he goes, Serial, why the f- F didn't we think of that, you know? <laughs> um, so what you're seeing now, and I think a good thing is that, you know, uh, certainly, you know, you're seeing what Beasley is doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, iHeart, uh, you know, Cumulus, Odyssey, investing in this because this is the future and they have to do it. That's true. So let's talk KMG. Tell me a little bit about the services uh, you provide, the company provides, and how uh, you help media navigate uh, their way and everything from this pandemic to the digital world. Well, you know, uh, you know, there's, there's um, a whole slate of projects that the company is involved with right now. Historically, uh, you know, uh, you know, within my company and and the previous companies that I've been at at Westwood one and, and, and premier and air America and all that, you know, we've, We've done things around the Grammy Awards, the Country Music Awards. We've staged huge uh, events um, uh, at, at major, you know, uh, music events around the country. Today, you know, um, if you look at what we're what we're doing, we uh, we're involved with a company that that provides. Um, uh, creative copywriting and production of commercials to radio, a company called Studio Center, yeah. um, uh, Qgo Live, which is developed by uh, um, a guy by the name of Lee Harris, who's the morning anchor of 1010 Wins, who's developed a platform that literally allows you to broadcast and broadcast quality from your iPhone anywhere, any place, and we're taking that internationally. Uh, we work with Peter Greenberg, who's the uh, travel editor for CBS uh, TV and radio, and that's a partnership with CBS. Um, <laughs> I just took on uh, a client that uh, is um, 
uh, uh, quite notorious. It's Michael Cohn, Trump's former lawyer, oh, yeah. who, uh, who's got a huge podcast that gets over a million uh, listeners monthly. <laughs> um, and, you know, but the beautiful thing is, you know, going back to podcasting, he wants a radio show. That's what he wants, you know, mm-hmm. and that so many of these podcasters, you know, uh, uh, you know, are looking to, towards, you know, they have an end game beyond a podcast. They want a radio show. They want to develop into a television series or something. Um, and then on, you know, in the podcast area, uh, the company is in a joint venture with uh, actually the first uh podcast platform ever it's called talk shoe out of toronto mm-hmm. they have about 600 podcasts and we're um getting ready to relaunch that um and uh you know uh, we're working on a on a major launch of a brand new uh independent uh, uh network centered around one of the most iconic talk stations in, in the country mm-hmm. and uh, we consult a number of different companies on their audio strategy um, currently, yeah, a big uh, effort is with uh, Geo Broadcast Solutions, and these are the guys that have the patents on the Max Casting and Zone Casting technology. Zone Casting essentially allows for terrestrial radio to geo target, just like digital, just like cable, just like um, uh, streaming, etc. So we're very excited about that. Well, it's uh, great stuff. And, you know, I know, you know, just looking at this industry play out over the last uh, 17 months and, you know, we've seen some very up and down months with advertisers. It looks like one minute everybody's back to normal. Then the next month you're struggling with the budget. And, you know, what do you feel like our industry, radio in particular, should be doing at this point? As we try to come out of the pandemic, we're not quite there yet. The Delta variant is still very much alive. And we're talking about booster shots. You know, what should our what should radio be focused on at the moment? Well, I think I think, you know, I think Chad mentioned it right at the beginning. I think the. You know, the, 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 the point of differentiation that radio has is local, 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 local. You know, we, we, we've spent decades, you know, uh, building, uh, you know, our brand and our local communities. And you know, people want to know what, what's going on in, the, in their neighborhood. They want to know what's going on, you know, within four blocks of each other. Where can I get vaccinated? Where can I get tested? You know, what's happening with, you know, you know, with, with, with the local deli that's about to close? You know, what are people doing? And you just can't get that from a podcast. You just, it's just not there, you know? And, um, you know, stations like BLS, as you know, are huge in, in, in the community. Um, and, you know, there are other radio stations that over the decades have invested in their communities. And I think that's the future. Um, and, you know, to put a little bright light on it, too, you know, it's been a real difficult year for us. But, you know, people are getting back in their cars. You know, there's traffic again. You know, I live in New York City, as I know, you know, in and around New York City, as I know you do, Skip. You know, yeah. I, I remember being in my first traffic jam about four or five months ago, you know, and first being pissed off at it. And then, oh, wait a minute. That means that, like, people are going out again. Um, so, you know, that means a return, you know, in several sectors of advertising, entertainment, sports, events. Mm-hmm. Dining are coming back. We're seeing retail come back. So, you know, watching all that, you know, uh, you know, the health news, um, I think we're really poised to, you know, to have a little bit of a boomerang effect. But I think, you know, we all have different positions. So if, if in a market there's a, you know, one group that has adopted a consolidation strategy that, you know, is doing cookie cutter programming, that only you know, or voice tracking or music program, you know, somewhere else, that only opens up the opportunity for a station to go hyper-local, in my opinion. Yeah, no, totally agree. So uh, before we go for questions, wanted to ask you a little bit about diversity and inclusion. Uh, I just wrapped up my first appointment and applied for a second with the FCC's 
uh, diversity committee and, and digital empowerment group and, you know, our subgroups for broadcast and our tech uh, groups all work to study, uh, you know, how to increase the number uh, or a wider range of diverse voices and people of color and everything from management to ownership. And, um, you know, it's something that if you look at the stats, I mean, the music industry stands roughly at the big labels, about a 19 percent uh, lead among minorities and women in management. Uh, radio management stands in uh, minorities about 3.9 percent. Digital and tech lower than that. You have been very much I've, I've watched you over the years, a champion of making sure you have a diverse Voices, not just uh, on the airwaves and syndication, but in management. What what can our industry do to start to reverse this issue? Yeah, you know, I, I think we have to do a lot more. Listen, I grew up in, in Queens, New York, colorblind. You know, I didn't know mm -hmm. the difference between, you know, a Jewish kid, an African-American <laughs> kid, an Irish kid. We were all the same playing stickball, yeah. you know. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I'm very proud of, you know, the client base that we have, which includes, you know, the, the estate of Thelonious Monk, you know, Chub Rock. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we're about to start a, a podcast division with Blue Life Media, which is a voice in, um, in you know for african-american men you know we should we should look towards diversity of certainly of all you know colors but uh, you know and and i think that's got to begin in you know young you know you gotta you gotta go into the schools you gotta attract younger people um to to what we're doing i mean one of the one of the wonderful things that came, I, I just went to Podcast Movement in Nashville a couple of weeks ago, and, you know, it was it was just exhilarating, you know, to be around 3,000, you know, people, mostly under the age of 30, um, uh, very diverse in terms of race, in terms of uh, uh, ge geographical uh, origination. You had people from Israel and you had people from the Soviet Union. You had all different, you know, uh, you know, LGBTQ and, and, and Mormons, you know, and, and everybody had this, was into audio. They were passionate about it. And I think that's something that, you know, um, it, you know, I, I hope that's not just indicative of the podcast industry. It's something that we have to really look at and bring into the radio industry. Yeah, I was saying it a few weeks ago, Gary, to uh, some colleagues. In fact, I mentioned it on the chat. You know, it's funny when we get interns into Hot 97 and WBLS, you have that naysayer group that, you know, they think uh, streaming services are cooler, podcasting is cooler. And then as they wrap up their internship, the first thing I usually hear is, hey, how do I get a job in radio? You know, so I think really just once they get in the door and see what it is we do and how we yeah. connect all the dots through all the platforms, it's amazing when you see an 18-year-old, 19, 20, 22-year-old that had planned to be doing something different and all of a sudden they're like, wow, this is nothing what I thought it would be. Well, and, and part of that is give them a chance. I mean, like when we came into the business, you know, the guys programming rock radio, they were all in their 20s and, and you know, early 30s. The guys programming urban radio, you know, I remember you when you were that age, you know, um, but, you know, now, you know, there's, you know, I hate to say it, but, you know, in certain formats, you've got, you know, people who, um, you know, uh, from a generational point of view are, you know, you know, removed from, from mm -hmm. you know, from from the audience and, you know. It, you know, maybe because the business wasn't as sophisticated then, but, you know, back in 1972, you know, somebody at Metro Media said, hey, let's give the FM station to the kid with the ponytail and let's see what he does. And he started playing Jimi Hendrix records and the rest yeah. is history. Sure. You know, so I think we need to, you know, think about that a little bit. I love it. Well, that's, Gary, called that's called innovation, people. Uh, thank you. That's exactly what it is. Gary, how can we? How can people reach you? Um, uh, you can go to the company website, which is www.crantsmediagroup.com, and all the contact information is on there. 
Well, great. Gary, thank you so much as always, man. You know, I know, uh, you know, just always enjoy your insight and, and you're so active in all aspects of our industry. So this was really a fun conversation and love for you to stick around for a couple of minutes for questions and I'll turn it back over to Lloyd. Thank you. Thank well, you, I got to tell you, I, I got to tell you, Gary comes on Innovation and Audio, and the first thing he says is he could listen to Chad for like a long time, right? Well, I, I got the same problem with Gary, okay? <laughs> so smart, so connected, so uh, intelligent about putting the dots together. And, and look, I'm going to go ahead and throw this in too. I am starting to warn radio in general that in order to innovate, we should be engaging these influencers and bringing them into the sphere of radio itself. And people who are engaged in radio, I don't care what age you are, man, you better get engaged and you better you better look for ways to innovate because that is going to be the future thank you skip for that and gary uh thank you for your contribution i hope you're going to stick around in case someone in our audience has a question or two for you when you show up here for one of our live events uh we like to say look you know um the, the encouragers is all about encouraging other people in audio and innovation. We ask that you share this with others who you know love innovation or audio. Don't forget to follow the people on stage tonight during this live event. Look around the room. Uh, we are big believers in connection, in mentoring, in networking on the encouragers. Thank you for being here and participating in our live events and telling others and sharing our links later tonight on Facebook and LinkedIn. We're going to drop the actual podcast link so you can share it in your social media if you want to. We are going to open up the room in case there are questions for you or from you for our guest right now or anybody who's up on the panel or on the stage, just push the button at the bottom of your iPhone or Android device, raise your hand. Uh, we will bring you up on the stage. We do ask that you mute your mic until we call on you. By the way, when you join the encouragers, uh, we have people who come by and only like to listen. That's okay with us. Our goal is to provide you with interesting content, advice, career hacks to move your career forward, get you to think about the world of innovation and how that is colliding with these audio industries. But we don't mind sharing the stage with you if you're so inclined as well. So uh, we do extend the offer to you each Wednesday, but don't feel pressure to talk if you don't want to. We're not trying to make people feel uncomfortable. This is a safe place for everybody. Don't forget Monday, you can join us at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific for the radio rally on Clubhouse right here on the Encouragers. This Monday, August 23rd is our LA and Love event. We have Marcy Weiser, who is the midday talent for 95.5 KLOS in Los Angeles. I bet she's got a few stories for us. Also, Mandy Prussia Young, who is the group program director for K-Love and Air One. If you wanted to know about these folks, man, this is going to be your opportunity. We're going to talk about what's going on in their world right now. Tell your friends in innovation, audio, or specifically radio that they can also get our free resources anytime at RainmakerPathway.com in our free blog section. If you have a special challenge, you would like to have strategic advice, you can simply email me for free and it's confidential, of course, F-O-R-D at RainmakerPathway.com. So, uh, you know, like I said, you know, some people just want to listen. That's okay with us. I do have a question for Chad. And Chad, I, I, I want to ask you, are you doing any work around endorsements with these esports stars? Now, that may not be the right word, but you know what I mean. You've got influencers in that sphere of influence. Is, is Beasley Media Group, are you guys doing anything with endorsements? Is that anywhere in your plans? Uh, yeah, kind of, yeah. We actually, Beasley Media Group owns two, well, one team currently, uh, and we're working on a second team. So we have the Houston Outlaws, which is obviously based in Houston, which is an Overwatch League team, um, one of the most popular ones uh, out there, actually. And then we're also building a um, Rocket League team as we speak. Um, this one's actually really special because this is the first time 
uh, this that we're going to find players just out there. Like we're we're having them compete to basically get a slot to become the next professional Rocket League teams. So we're very excited about that. So we are really pushing for these like endorsements and and sponsorships really for everything we're doing. And Checkpoint uh, XP as well. What we're doing is. Uh, in our short form content, we are trying, we're syndicating it. So we're, we're always looking for more syndicators out there. So if there's any, you know, PDs looking for, you know, sports content, or even we have a pop uh, music uh, section as well. So it's like more pop culture gaming centric. So we're constantly doing stuff with uh, like different endorsements and it comes with like ads and uh, built in. So like very cool, easy, just plug and play kind of stuff. Uh, for Checkpoint XP, and then yeah, uh, Beasley Esports is uh, Beasley Esports is what we're calling it that that sector for Beasley, and they're just growing. We're we're continuing to build. I have an idea I want to share with you offline, maybe later tonight, or certainly uh, in the, the later this week or next week. But it is fascinating, uh, especially when your short form content can be so short form. It's kind of startling, you know. Uh, and I do think that this captures the attention of people who are interested in it for sure. Gary, I got one question for you. And and I'm just going to tell you, we had a gentleman on Innovation and Audio uh, a while back from Denmark. And he works in the in the I'm going to call I'm going to say it this way. It may not be exactly right. He works with ad agencies and he wor- he's he's bound to one of them, a big one that works with really big brands. And what they have done is they've done so much work in the podcasting arena. They're kind of taking at least a different tact. And I wonder if you've run across this, too. They're using podcasts to help these brands tell a story and making it part of an overall campaign. Are you seeing that, too, Gary? Yeah. um, uh, You know, in fact, I have a uh, I work with uh, a strategic partner. Um, who you might know, his name is Dave Beezing, and he started a company called Sound That Brands. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, um, you know, Dave Dave uh, is uh, pretty well known as maybe the, you know, the first mover in, 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 in the branded content space. They do a, a podcast called uh, Inside Trader Joe's. Uh, oh, and, nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, it, it's fully funded uh, uh, by Trader Joe's and, you know, uh, it, it uh, you know, it speaks to the culture and, you know, everything about it. I mean, I, I live in New York City. People wait around, the, you know, the block for Trader Joe's. It's nuts. Um, and so so in that particular case, you know, the quote branded podcast, unquote, um, you know, the the goal is not to generate revenue. The goal is to evangelize the brand. And it's uh, it's it's a huge growth area in the podcast space. And this is where you're seeing huge dollars, um, you know, being spent. You've just seen Netflix uh, a point ahead of. Yeah, that position reports into editorial and marketing with the express goal of, you know, um, marketing you know the the offerings on netflix so it's it's a big area and it's going to continue to grow well you know there's an old saying in radio and for those of us who've been hanging out radio for a long time we know this saying money is money okay and you know uh skip talked about this just briefly earlier that you know where's the money being made well uh, and you talked about this too gary it's like a lot of the money is being produced in how you produce and getting people in line to be these new media stars if you will we do try to keep things to just about an hour on innovation and audio we have gone over just a bit for that our thanks to chad callahan brand content producer for checkpoint xp you got to check them out beasley media group and Gary Krantz, founder and CEO of Krantz Media Group, both really excellent guests. And I really appreciate both of them for being our patient and giving guests tonight. A very special thank you to Joe Kelly for producing the Encouragers Innovation and Audio podcast, which should be available within the next hour or so. This particular live event will be available. And thank you to JustJoeProductions.com for creating Audio Footprint and distributing our podcast. We could not do this with 
without them. Please do share our podcast for both the Encouragers, the Radio Rally, and the Encouragers Innovation and Audio with others that you know are interested in growing their careers in audio. Both podcasts are available right now on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Please remember this. Be kinder than you have to be. And thank you for being a part of Innovation and Audio and being an encourager and joining us. And good night.